Good morning, everyone. Today is December 4th, 2019. It is a Wednesday. It is also day, what is it, 215 of the impeachment inquiry. So there will be some, some things going on as far as that with good old Jerome Nadler, one of the Lollipop Guild. <clears throat> I want to apologize ahead of time. Uh, if I sound a little hoarse, um, still fighting off a little bit of a sickness, but uh, anyways, uh, let's start right off with uh, with some news. Our first article is coming from the Epoch Times, uh, written by Zachary Stryber. It's entitled, Convicted Pedophile Charged for Illegally Funneling Money to Groups Linked to Hillary Clinton. A convicted pedophile used as a source by special counsel Robert Mueller was charged with attempting to conceal excessive contributions to Hillary Clinton. George Nader, one of eight people indicted by a federal grand jury in Washington on November 7th, my birthday, the Department of Justice announced on December 3rd. Ahmad Andy... Kawa, Kawajawa, sure, Kawajawa, a Lebanese-American like Nader and the CEO of an online payment processing company called Allied Wallet Incorporated conspired with Nader from March 2016 through January 7th to hide the source of more than $3.5 million in campaign contributions that were directed to groups associated with a 2016 candidate, the department said. The true source of the funds a foreign government wasn't identified by the DOJ. According to campaign finance records, the candidate was Clinton. The donations included a $150,000 contribution to the Hillary Victory Fund on April 12, 2016, and a $200,000 contribution to the Hillary Action Fund on July 8, 2016. By design, these contributions appeared to be in the names of Kawajawa, his wife, and his company. In reality, the allegedly, they allegedly were funded by Nader. Kawajawa and Nader allegedly made these contributions in an effort to gain influence with high-level political figures, including the candidate. As Kawajawa and Nader al- arranged these payments, Nader allegedly reported to an official from a foreign government about his efforts to gain this influence, said the GOJ in a press release. Kawajawa also conspired with six others to hide Kawajawi's excessive contributions to various political committees, according to the indictment, and earlier this year, he obstructed a grand jury investigation in the matter, giving a witness called, in the case, file information about Nader. An attorney for Nader and a spokesman for Kawajawa's company did not immediately respond to requests for further comment. The indictment alleges that Kawajawa... Nader and another defendant, Rudy, gosh, these names, Dikermajian, attended an event to support Clinton in April 2016. The next day, Nader told the foreign official in a WhatsApp message that he had a wonderful meeting with the big lady, according to the indictment. Nader is currently in federal custody for allegedly possessing child pornography images, which is awful interesting because those um, that federal custody um, arrangement has actually resulted in a reduced sentence for him for 
assisting in the Mueller investigation, which I find weird. So he testifies for the Mueller investigation and then gets to skate on child pornography charges. Awful interesting. The 53-count indictment alleges or charged Kawajawa with two counts of conspiracy, three counts of making conduit contributions, three counts of causing excessive contributions, 13 counts of making false statements, 13 counts of causing false records to be filed, and one count of obstruction of a federal grand jury investigation. Nader was charged with conspiracy with Kawajawa to make conduit campaign contributions and related offenses. Nader's criminal history includes convictions of sexually abusing minors. Nader has also been linked to President Donald Trump's former advisor, Steve Bannon, who received Nader at the White House at least 13 times for meetings. So I guess the bigger story and my bigger concern about this is the fact that he is a convicted pedophile, but his sentence was reduced due to his testimony in the Mueller probe or investigation, whichever way you want to put it. I I just, these crimes against children are far more important than this whole Mueller investigation probe. And, and to be frank, this nonsense needs to be revealed and it needs to be stopped. Our next bit of news comes by the way of the Gateway Pundit, written by Jim Hoft. It's entitled, Breaking House Democrats Go Rogue, Obtain Trump Attorney Rudy Giuliani's Phone Records in Outlandish Abuse of President Trump's Constitutional Rights. The Democrats accused President Trump of abusing his power, obstruction, and witness intimidation. Adam Schiff also obtained his own committee's ranking member, GOP Representative Devin Nunez, and Nunez's aide Derek Harvey's phone records as part of the impeachment inquiry. It is deeply concerning that at a time when the President of the United States was using his power of his office to dig up dirt on a political rival, that there may be evidence that they that there were members of Congress implicit complicit. In that activity, Schiff said on Tuesday of Nunez's communication with Ukrainian-American Lev Parnas and Rudy Giuliani. Schiff also calls revelations about Nunez and his committee's report deeply concerning. But it wasn't just Representative Nunez and his aide Derek Harvey whose phone records were obtained by the Democrats. Schiff and Democrats obtained phone records for President Trump's personal attorney Rudy Giuliani and investigative reporter John Solomon. Judicial Watch founder and President Tom Fitton called this outrageous abuse of President Donald Trump's constitutional rights. So, essentially, in order to get whatever information they can, the Democrats, Adam Schiff, all of these investigations, they are literally tapping into any and anyone's phone records they can possibly get to. And I think this this paints much a, a much broader picture. All of our rights are literally up for grabs. They will go to any length possible to find a person guilty of a crime, even if that crime does not exist. Another article from the Epoch Times 
This one written by Alan Zhang. It says, Graham rebuts reports of rift between Barr and Horowitz over IG report conclusion. Senator Lindsey Graham warned that the reports of the rift between Attorney General William Barr and Justice Department Inspector General Michael Horowitz are being used to diminish the effect of the long-awaited report on the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act abuse investigation, otherwise known as FISA. Be wary of the Washington Post and New York Times reporting on what is coming up with Inspector General Horowitz, he said. They have been trying over time to spin this thing to diminish its effect and to downplay it. Graham, who is the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, also downplayed the reports that Barr disagrees with Horowitz on one conclusion in the report. I can tell you without any hesitation, Attorney General Barr has every confidence in the world in Mike, Mr. Horowitz. He believes that he has done a good job, a professional job, and he appreciates the work and the effort he has put into disclosing abuse at the Department of Justice, Graham added. The Washington Post reported on Monday that an anonymous source said Barr disagrees with one of Horowitz's conclusions in the report claiming that the FBI had opened the investigation into the Trump campaign with a sufficient basis. The Epoch Times cannot verify Horowitz's alleged conclusion and Barr's objection. In a statement on Monday night, Justice Department spokesman, spokeswoman Carrie Kupik praised Horowitz's work and urged people to wait for the report. The Inspector General's investigation is a credit to the Department of Justice. His excellent work has uncovered significant information that the American people will soon be able to read for themselves. Rather than speculating, people should read the report for themselves next week. Watch the Inspector General's testimony before the Senate Judici Judiciary Committee and draw their own conclusions about these important matters, she said. Graham told Fox News' Sean Hannity in November that Horowitz's report will be released on Monday, December 9th. It'll be December 9th. You'll get the report, Graham told the program. That's locked. He also confirmed back in November that Horowitz will testify publicly before the Senate Judiciary Committee on December 11th to discuss the findings from the investigation on the alleged FISA abuses by DOJ and the FBI during the 2016 presidential election. I appreciate all the hard work by Mr. Horowitz and his team regarding the Carter Page FISA warrant application and the counterintelligence investigation of the Trump campaign, Graham said in his statement. Mr. Horowitz will be appearing before the Senate Judiciary Committee on December 11th, where he will be where he will deliver a detailed report of what he found regarding his investigation, along with recommendations as to how to make our judicial and investigative systems better, he added. So let's hope that come Monday on the 9th, we'll get a much clearer picture on everything that has gone on. And as he stated several times, Let's just read the report before we jump to conclusions. Coming by way of the One America News Network, titled Trump Campaign Bans Bloomberg News from Campaign Events Amid Accusations of Political Bias. President Trump's 2020 re-election campaign is banning Bloomberg News from rallies and other campaign events after accusing the news outlet of political bias. Trump's 2020 campaign manager, Brad Parscale, I'm terrible with names, announced the ban in a press release Monday. He called the outlet's apparent preferential reporting policies troubling and wrong. This comes after Bloomberg News declared that they are refraining from reporting on their CEO, Michael Bloomberg's campaign, and are extending that courtesy to other 2020 presidential candidates. However, they say the policy does not apply to the Trump administration, which has prompted many to question the outlet's 
journalistic integrity. The announcement came last month, shortly after the former New York City mayor officially launched his presidential campaign bid. Today, I'm glad to announce that I'm running for president to defeat Donald Trump and to unite and rebuild America, Bloomberg announced. Bloomberg's editor-in-chief has denied the accusations and is claiming the outlet has covered the Trump campaign in a fair and unbiased way since the beginning of his candidacy back in 2015. Nonetheless, the Trump campaign says their decision to refuse credentials to Bloomberg News will stand until the outlet rescinds its policy. And next, Trump responds to Trudeau's hot mic comments at NATO summit wants more spending. President Donald Trump has responded to a video that appeared to show Justin Trudeau and other world leaders mocking him at the NATO summit in London. At the same time, Trump said he would cancel the final scheduled NATO press conference. He's two-faced, Trump told reporters on Wednesday, a day after the hot mic video surfaced. I find him to be a very nice guy, but the truth is I called him out on the fact that he's not paying 2% on Canada's defense budget, and I guess he's not very happy about it. Trump added he's not paying 2%, and he should be paying 2%. It's Canada, they have money, and they should be paying 2%. So I called him out on that, and I'm sure he wasn't happy about it, but that's the way it is. He made the remark while speaking alongside German Chancellor Chancellor Angela Merkel at the 2019 NATO summit in London. Look, I'm representing the U.S., and he should be paying more than he's paying, and he understands it. So I can imagine that he's not happy. But that's the way it is, President Trump remarked. I canceled the news conference. I've done so many. Trump told also told reporters. Late on Tuesday, a video surfaced allegedly showing French President Emmanuel Macron, UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson, Dutch Prime Minister Mark Root, and Trudeau discussing Trump's press conference with NATO Secretary Jens Stoltenberg. The leaders apparently didn't realize they were being recorded when Johnson asked Macron, is that why you were late? And Trudeau replied with, he was late because he takes a 40-minute press conference off the top. It's not exactly clear who he was referring to, but has been widely speculated it was Trump. You just watched his team's draws, teams draws, bleh, teams jaws drop to the floor. Trudeau also apparently says in the clip. It's also not clear which team he was referring to. Where are you? What is your number? Trump also asked Tr- Trudeau during their sidelines meeting at the NATO summit. NPR reported. Trump pressed on. Where are you now in terms of your number? Trump and past American presidents have called on NATO members to spend 2% or more on defense. NPR noted that just seven of the 29 NATO members have reached that target, and the U.S. is by far the largest contributor. Canada, meanwhile, has pledged only 1.4 of its spending. And during a press conference with Trudeau on Tuesday, Trump told reporters that Canada is slightly delinquent on the spending. They'll be okay. I have confidence, Trump added. Just slightly delinquent, but no. Some are major delinquent. Some are way below 1%, and that's unacceptable. And then if something happens, we're supposed to protect them, and it's not really fair, Trump continued. And finally today, I wish this was an Onion article, but it is titled, Hillary Clinton says she's deluged with requests to run in 2020. Hillary Clinton said she's deluged with requests to run for the presidency for the third time and declined to rule out a bid for 2020. Clinton, who is 72, ran twice, losing in the general election to President Donald Trump in 2016 and in the Democratic primary to former President Barack Obama in 2008. 
Appearing on a BBC show last week, Clinton said she was going to, quote, have to make up my mind really quickly, unquote, if she was going to join the 2020 race. Several state filing deadlines have already passed, including New Hampshire. The rumor mill is flying that you could step back into the ring, host Graham Norton told Clinton. I hear that. I have been deluged the last few weeks with thinking about doing that, but right now, I'm not at all planning that, she replied. Asked to rule out of bed, she said, as I say, never, never, never say never. The former Secretary of State has conducted a number of interviews in recent months, most with her daughter Chelsea Clinton hyping their new book. At a New York City event in early November, she mused that she, quote, would have been a really good president. I think the last election was deeply flawed and that there were so many unprecedented problems in that election that it's almost hard to make sense of it. But I'm out here traveling around with my daughter and she's still nursing her newest baby, so I've got my grandson with me. So, you know, life is pretty good, she said. In the United Kingdom, about a week later, she told the BBC the same thing about never saying never. I will certainly tell you I'm under enormous pressure from many, many, many people to think about it, she said. But as of this moment, sitting here in the studio talking to you, it's absolutely not in my plans. She told the outlet that she has considered what I've done differently, what I would have done differently, and what I would have met, it would have meant to our country and to the world. I feel a sense of responsibility, partly because you know my name was on that ballot. I got more votes, but ended up losing to President Trump, and I want to retire him. Clinton added, without elaborating on what retire him meant. Eh, maybe she also retired Epstein. Eh, maybe. Several Democratic candidates have dropped out recently. Senator Kamala Harris dropped out on Tuesday. Several others have recently joined the race. Former Massachusetts Governor Deval Patrick and former New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg. So, Hillary, it's not going to matter. Well, that's it for today. So thank you for joining me on this short, short little conversation. Hopefully at some point we can get a, like a little bit different format going, not just the news, but some back and forth with uh, maybe a guest or two, which is going to be kind of difficult because then again, you know, there's only a couple people I think that would be willing to share their thoughts along with my craziness. But anyways, you can always find this podcast in your usual places podcast apps, uh, yeah, Spotify, all those sorts of things. But thank you for listening. Have a good and safe week, and we will be back at some point in time when I get a little bit more news about the Lollipop Guild impeachment inquiry. Thank you. <laughs>